Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you day side following the Dallas Mavericks' first playoff game of the 2022 season where they played at home and fell to the Utah Jazz 99-93. to They were without Luka Doncic, who, as, the, as it became clear over the course of the week, wasn't going to play game one, may not play game two. And, you know, I think we should probably move on from Luka and talk about the game itself. Josh, what's going on? Boy, what a what a frustrating game. Uh, I can see both sides there, you know, definitely our Mavs Moneyball staff, I think is split on how to take this game, whether it's a positive, the Mavericks only lost by six without Luca, or if it's detrimental that they had a game that they could have won without Luca and they kind of let it slip through their fingers because I don't know about you, but this was a game that despite the fact that the Mavericks didn't have Luca, I still feel like this was a game the Mavericks lost. Yeah, more than the Jazz oh, won, yeah. and maybe I'm discrediting the Jazz. Maybe I'm discrediting Luca's impact. I mean, I know Luca's impact, but it just the Mavericks were playing really good basketball for most of this game. They just kind of shot were themselves they? in the foot. I think they did. They just shot themselves in the foot repeatedly, and then when things kind of tightened up on them, they didn't have a lead to fall back on, uh, which they, they should have had a 15 point lead in the first half. I mean, they were I mean, playing I, good basketball. I think they controlled the things they wanted to control low turnover game for the Mavericks, just seven. They did not mm-hmm. push near enough, which drove me crazy because they scored every time they pushed the ball. Um, But they didn't make shots. And it, I know it's, his, it, sometimes it's that simple, but I thought a lot of the shots they got were, were terrible. I think in the second half, for sure. I think in the first half, most of their three point looks were really good. Three I mean, there was a- sure I'm, I'm yeah. really thinking like, yeah. I personally am very frustrated at Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson. They were yep. 15 for 39. <laughs> yeah, they were bad. I think that's where we have to start talking about it because we've talked about it. You've talked about it with other people on the podcast. We've written about it. I mean, the whole reason we fail, or at least myself, and I think you you were kind of a little bit with me too before the season, feeling kind of oddly confident despite Luca's injury and missing games is – We've seen how good Dinwiddie and Brunson can play, not only to not only individually with the Mavericks this season, but just the, that pairing together has been really good. Um, mm-hmm. I think on the season when Dinwiddie and Brunson are on the floor and Luca's off the floor, they are scoring higher than their average uh, on offense uh, per hundred possessions. Now, of course, that's regular season basketball, and as we can tell, playoff basketball just a little bit different. But I think the thing that was frustrating is particularly you know with Dinwiddie. He missed six free throws. You know, that's not Utah's problem. And then with Brunson, I mean, he had plenty of opportunities in one-on-one situations where Gobert was not guarding him or was not helping on him, and he just failed to make shots he was, that I, think I mean, he was been making awful. all season. Yeah. He was he was awful. I, I like I am I, I don't think I think I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this because it's it's what you tweeted out where it's like I uh, you know, he was what did you tweet during the game or at the uh, end of the game? He shot five for 15 in the second, third, and fourth quarters combined. And that's bad for people who are counting at home. That's 33%. And Jalen Brunson is not inefficient. That's why I'm saying he was bad. Not because I think he's bad. I think he played bad. And the the kind of shots he was taking were not the kind of shot. Like, like, he took some odd ones where it's like he's really hunting for fouls. Like, his foul hunting helped keep them in the fourth quarter. Don't get me wrong, because he got they, they helped get the Mavericks, uh, helped get the Jazz into foul trouble, which was responsible down the line when the Mavericks were getting basically two points on free throws and, and helped making things interesting. But 
There were there were numerous possessions where both him and Dinwiddie pounded the shit out of the ball, ran off a bad screen, and and took a bad shot, and were terrified of Gobert, which I get. But I, I just I find myself very frustrated by their play because you, you know you can't take thirty nine shots and only score 30, 36 points, which is I'm pretty. Let me double check my math. And they're the yeah. only guys that can do it. Like if they're not shooting well and they're, if they're not scoring well and they're not See, scoring efficiently, no one else on without Luca. I sort of it. disagree. I mm-hmm. sort of disagree because okay. Dorian Finney-Smith played 35 plus minutes and took four shots and then got three shots in the final few minutes of the game. And if you're if you're playing a sort of Luka Doncic light version of basketball, which I think the the um the Mavericks did because both Dinwiddie and Brunson had 35% usage rates. Um, if you're doing that, then you also have to be able to find these guys for more shots. Like Luca, you know, <sighs> Luca will sometimes have these games where he shoots too much, but they got fewer and fewer between as the season went along. And I just felt that both of them were, were rushing things and kind of finding shooters as last second options at times where there wasn't enough offense is kind of where I come down to. I, and yeah, maybe that's I, the Jazz being great at, at defense. I don't know. I maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I need to watch this again. I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking of what I'm because I, I I like to after these playoff games at least write something after every playoff game. And I think what I'm going to look at after this game is it feels like the Mavericks over the course of the game did not want to directly attack Gobert in the pick and roll because they know that that's not necessarily a winning proposition. And that's, I don't disagree. I mean, Gobert played an outstanding defensive game. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. he was incredible. incredible. And yeah. it felt like through, as the game went on, the Mavericks were pick and rolling with Brunson and Dinwiddie, but they were using a non-big, basically, you know, not Pal, not Kleba, you know, Finney Smith, a Bullock, a Bertans, um, you know, Josh Green, it feels like they're using those guys to set screens so that they wouldn't involve Gobert directly in the action. And knowing the Jazz defensive scheme is to be drop heavy, they're thinking, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get Brunson or Dinwiddie against Royce O'Neal or, or Bogdanovich, you know, dropping or Mike Conley dropping. We feel confident that those guys can score. And I think what the Jazz smartly did is on those non-Gobert-involved pick-and-rolls, they switched almost everything, it feels like. And I uh-huh. think that threw off Brunson. I think that specifically threw off Brunson. I think Dinwiddie was able to kind of work his way around it. He did get to the free throw line 16 times, so he was able to get to the rim. He just you know, couldn't make it and couldn't make his free throws. Brunson, in particular, there were some possessions where the, they would run the small, you know, a non-big pick-and-roll and O'Neal or Bogdanovich or Herb Conley would switch immediately onto Brunson, and he didn't have that little gap to take his, you know, take his his eighteen foot pull up that he loves so much. And it kind of felt like the possession died on a vine after that, because then it was like, okay, they just took away the first option, which is Brunson, you know, walking into his mid range shot that he loves so much. Now what do we do? And he kind of dribbled around, mm-hmm. or even tr- or he try to force things and force up a contested shot. Uh, and I think I feel like that threw threw off a lot. And when they're switching like that, that means you don't have to necessarily help. And I don't think the corner, you know, I don't, I can't imagine how many corner threes the Mavs had today. I, I don't think it was a, a great number, but it felt like that's why Dorian didn't, wasn't involved early on because Utah didn't have to help off of them sure. because Utah was just switching and playing straight up, and Brunson couldn't couldn't take advantage of that. Uh, well, and. Choice. 
you know, let's talk about the, the the role players for a second. We can come back and and visit Dinwiddie and Brunson. Uh, I'm more. I think I'm more frustrated with Brunson because I believe in Brunson more after this season. I think because Dinwiddie might have been Dinwiddie was much worse on a team wide level because his his defense was atrocious. His defense was very bad. Like like he he was arguably why. Him and Brunson got destroyed by Boyan Bogdanovich yep. like, repeatedly. And Dinwiddie only had four rebounds. And I know he's a point guard and you don't expect that much more, but he is. Oh, he gave six, up lots of offensive rebounds. Yeah, he like, is I six, was rewinding. Six. Yeah. It was rough. He needs to dig in a little bit more without Luca on the boards. Well, sure. I, I wrote about this in the post game. So the, the, yeah. the second chance points were 20 to seven in favor of the Jazz. They had 13, <sighs> 13 to seven in offensive boards. That's, that's the game where this game was decided as much as free throws, but the off like, like, so when you look at who are like the really good offensive rebounders for the jazz, Gobert was held to two, which I think is pretty impressive. Hassan Whiteside got three in 13 minutes. That really hurt the Mavericks. Uh, Hassan Whiteside wore Maxi Kleba like a fur coat. Um, It was bad. Uh, But what, what that means is that there were eight other offensive rebounds to go round for the rest of the jazz, including uh, Royce O'Neal, who who got like he got? There were just some really. It's like guys box out. Yeah, O'Neal had three. Conley had one. Mitchell had two, and that's where we go back to. You know, Dinwiddie only had four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, Dwight and, uh, Dwight Powell only Dinwiddie had one was defensive literally rebound. Responsible. I'm pretty yeah. sure about this. I, <laughs> I Dinwiddie gave up at least three offensive rebounds. That's tough. Like that's yeah. like stuff where he all he needed to do was body. And just didn't. He was ball watching. And I know that some of that has to be an effect of like playing with Luca, where you're used to somebody just going and grabbing it. But that's something you'd think they'd work on all week. And that was a key, that was a key component. So okay, moving on from I just said we would move on from Denway Brunson, but like though that's you know, I expect the most of them and they they had a rough game. And then we we kind of get down to to what you know with the role players, and this is when Luke is out, it forces everybody to take on more responsibility. And by and large, I think. I, I thought Dorian and I thought Reggie played pretty good games. Like they were both pretty negative in the plus minus. And, you know, you would, I, I think I would like more shots for them, but I don't really have, I don't really have any, any bad, you know, it took Reggie a half to get into the mm-hmm. game. So that, that hurt because again, I think this is a different game. You know, the Mavericks were trailing at halftime and I really felt like the Mavericks outplayed the jazz in the first half, at least. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Mavericks should have had like a, uh, I mean, they were down two. if they would have made, you know, they executed so well offensively in the first half. If they made their open shots, they would have been what up nine, 12, I think at halftime. And that changes the complexion of the game. Yeah. Cause instead of, you know, the Mavericks basically spent the entire second half, just kind of slowly trying to claw back into the game in, in a tight game. If they could have nursed a lead a little bit more, that might've been a different story. And of yeah. course, you know, Bullock was better in the second half, but I mean, that first half, he was brutal missing some of those. He missed, shots. I mean, open, open looks. And then, yeah, that's true. That's true. He did come around the second half. He's the reason why they got back into the game. In the I mean, he played – him and him and Dorian Finney-Smith played 44 minutes. Like, they so have they, to. Who, who else is going to play on the wing? They don't have any – Well, else? and that's, I think, what we what we have to get into. Well, Powell was – Powell had a weird game. I thought he Powell missed, played well. I know, go ahead. I, you, you were about to say something. Just a weird game. Like, it, I, I don't I, I don't understand why he only played 22 minutes. I think that's my first thought. Like we got a lot more, we got more Maxi than we did Powell. And I don't, I don't understand that. 
Yeah, and and with Powell, you look at his numbers, and he didn't play. You know, his numbers aren't great, and you know, he only had one defensive rebound. Maybe that's why he only played uh, twenty two minutes. Um, if you only have one defensive rebound for your starting center against Rudy Gobert, I mean, maybe that's how you get the quick hook. But I felt like he was the Mavericks played well when he was on the floor because I think the offense resembled a little bit more of what it could look like with Luca because Powell was is their best screen and roller. Yeah, um, and when he wasn't on the floor. That's where I felt like the Mavericks were kind of going through those sluggish jazz switching Brunson and Dinwiddie just trying to create one-on-one and throwing up some some junk shots in the mid-range. I felt like that was happening when Powell wasn't on the floor. Despite the fact that Powell shot two of six, I think we kind of learned how, you know, Powell is good and, and he's a smart player offensively. And like we said, you can't just throw any big man in there and expect to get results with Luka in the pick and roll. But I think this game was a nice example of like how much those two rely on each other in the pick and roll together. Cause it just wasn't there. It wasn't the same without Luca for sure. Well, and then I think we, you know, now we're looking at the bench guys and they only played an eight man rotation and this, like the eight man rotation that they played is emblematic of elements of what we've discussed for almost three years where you just get down into these guys and you know, the Mavericks as a whole are not very deep. And I saw someone say that on the Mavs Moneyball comments. And I'm like, what team are you watching? They have really excelled and gelled as like a seven and a half man unit, but it's not great. I think Maxi Klebo, we got the full season long Maxi Klebo <laughs> experience <laughs> in one game where he had 10 points and four rebounds. He hit two huge threes, airballed two threes, but also had four free throws and was really bad on defense. Really bad for Maxi, who is a good defensive player. And so it's, I just, I, I feel bad for the guy. I'm glad to see him hit hit some shots though. Maybe he can build on that. Yeah. It sucks how much it feels like the game hangs on his shoulders at times. Um, like he made that three and then it was awesome. And uh, you know, our slack blew up next made a shot. Like he made a three and he was contributing on defense and then came right back down. And the jazz were like, okay, do it again. And he, bricked uh, another open three uh, after that and it's just a shame that like the game just is coming down to coming down to that like it shouldn't you know maxi kleba shouldn't decide a playoff game you know it's not he's not that level of a player like you would think the players who decide these games are the, are the big minute you know stars that get paid all the money and then it comes down in the fourth quarter the jazz are daring him to make two threes and he only makes one of them and you lose by six and it just it sucks well, and then you get to the last two guys who, you know, I, I got a message from a, a prominent basketball writer who's like, these two guys can't be in the rotation. And I'm like, but there's no one left. And that's that's Davis Bertans and, and, and Josh Green. And Bertans plays real hard. He just gets attacked relentlessly. Oh, man. When he was on the floor, it was Utah was just like, all right. We know we know where we're going on offense. I I went into asshole Kirk mode and went and found a tweet from some guy who's like, You're always wrong. He's gonna play in the playoffs. And I'm like, and that was from like a month and a half ago where I said he's just gonna get attacked. And that's what happened. And you know, he actually did okay. He fought real hard. It's not his fault. It's just I mean, he was small forward at one point in the game with 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 the Pal Maxi Bertans lineup. Right. And, like, that's just crazy. <clears throat> I do think they have to find more shots for him if they're going to play him 18 minutes. Right. Like, if he, yeah. If he's going to play that much, he has to shoot more. Like, what's the point? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, he was a plus four. So it's like, what am I really complaining about? It's just, he did get attacked really, really hard. And, you know, it's just that that's a losing proposition over enough time. And then the last guy I'm not picking on him. I swear is Josh green who played 10 minutes, had four wide open looks and his shot form regressed to what it looked like last year is, and he missed all four badly, um, really badly. And I feel, I, I, I feel for him. Um, because he's the Mavericks could use his energy. He pushed the pace on a couple. He had a couple of good steals, uh, but he had three fouls in like four minutes at one point, and it, it just he looked like an inexperienced player. Yeah, he made two really nice defensive plays, but I mean, when you're zero for four in ten minutes, zero points, yep. you can't play. Um, it's just well, the way the NBA goes now. Like you can, you know, he made defensive plays in those ten minutes, but. Like the name of the game is putting the ball through the hoop, and like he just he had to make like one or two of those shots to stay on the floor, and he and he didn't. You want to you want to guess what his single game uh, net rating was for this Uh, one? uh, His plus minus was zero, so I'm intrigued by what his his net rating rating was. was Negative ninety seven point three. Well, fun with small sample size. Yeah, yeah, of course, ten minutes, and it's like it's only when he's on the floor, so it's just like it's not fair at all. Like to give you to give you like a comparison point, like Jalen Brunson was negative eighteen, you know, and Dorian was plus fifty six point three. Like, like it's it's his Dorian's off single uh, single game offensive rating was 168.5 like these are not team ratings like sorry I'm sorry these are not single player ratings offensive rating defensive rating they're you don't use them like the re- the reason he's so bad is because he got scored on and then he couldn't score like that's a single single game uh, a single player offensive and defensive ratings should never ever be used like use them for team based stuff it just made me laugh cuz I'm looking at advanced stats um during this game but anyhow like that that just sort of summarizes where we are where it's like you're trying to replace lucas 28 9 and 9 and you you have to do it in a much more efficient manner than the mavericks were able to do i mean they shot 38 percent from the floor and they missed eight free throws and gave up 13 offensive rebounds and lost by six like i understand why people in our slack are positive i really do yeah. I, I just you're I just don't see the Mavericks getting to the free throw line 34 times. Yeah, the thing is is I just can't tell what's sustainable from this game. Like uh is what Brunson and Dinwiddie is like are they gonna bounce back? You know, if they do, then of course they're gonna have a chance to win this series. But then you look on the other end and it's like, is Rudy gonna go bear gonna finish with one field goal attempt again in a game? Yeah. Is Donovan they just don't Mitchell, pass him the ball. It's hilarious. I could not believe he didn't have a field goal attempt or field he didn't have a make. He was 0 for 1. He got fouled a couple times and made his free throws. But considering how small the Mavericks were, and I mean, how many times did he pin his smaller defender at the rim and the Jazz just kind of play hot potato around the three-point line? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, but then also I don't know, is Mitchell gonna play another game that poorly? Because I know he cooked, he he lit it up in the third quarter, but he was, I mean, what, he scored two points in the first half? I mean, yeah. he was so bad. Uh, and he still, after that third quarter, he was a little shaky in the fourth in, in, at moments. So They missed a um, lot at the rim. Like, there's just they did. where you can, where you can look at this game and you can say the Jazz should have won by 25. And you can look at this game and say the Mavericks should have won by 20. <laughs> yeah. like, I completely understand if you're coming out of this game and you're like, I feel great. I also completely understand if you're coming out of this game and you're like, oh, fuck, we're all going to die. The Jazz shot 12 of 21 at the rim. Mm -hmm. I will say Uh, I don't take the Jazz seriously. I understand why people don't. (laughs) Like, Yeah. 
Um, I, I, in that fourth was... quarter was wild. How like everyone just kind of ex- like the, the Jazz had a ten point lead in the fourth, and it was just like, okay, well, when are they going to give it up? And then and they gave it up, and it's just they're always going to give you a chance. It feels like so that maybe that's why this game is extra frustrating because the, it kind of followed the form of how we thought the game would go. Uh, except the Mavericks just couldn't get it over the finish line. I thought before we go, because I could tell we're wrapping things up, I did think the Mavericks played a really good defensive game for the most part. Uh, I thought their game plan was really sound. I thought they ran the Jazz three-point shooters off the line really well. I mean, the Jazz only the Jazz were not only shot poorly from three, they only took 22 threes, which I have to admit, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that feels like that's below uh, their, their season average. Felt like the Mavericks ran them off, and the Jazz got a couple of de- you know decent scores in the paint. And I was worried. I was like, "Don't overreact. Like, just you know, just keep doing that. Don't open the floodgates by overhelping and, and getting these guys loose from three. And I think, to the Mavs' credit, they kind of stuck to it the entire game. And I think they made the Jazz work for everything. Um, and to to be fair, to be honest, you know, this if you want to say the Mavericks lost this game, I mean. They did their job on defense. It was it was a hundred percent on the offense for the reason why the Mavericks couldn't get over the hump. I have really no qualms with their defensive effort. Like Bogdanovich got loose and like okay, but like you can't plug every single hole. No, the Jazz no. I mean, and he's their second leading scorer for a reason. Like right. where it was frustrating watching him was not because he. I think he's bad or anything. It's just I actually think he's really good and he's car. He was carving the Mavericks up in the exact way that like three years ago we wanted him on the Mavericks to carve people up. (laughs) That's why it was really frustrating for me. I mean, he's a good player. I I, I don't, if anything, I think they should have forced the ball to him more. I mean, good gravy. Donovan Mitchell took 29 shots. Yeah, he was, I mean, outside, I'm telling you outside of that third quarter, he, he was not great. I want to take it up against Dallas this year. Yeah, and that's been a key reason when the Mavericks have played them well. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, he was two of seven. I mean, he had 11 points because he got to the free throw line, but he didn't shoot well. And the Mavericks did their job with him. And, the, like, the thing with them is usually if Mitchell shoots poorly from three, the Mavs win. Uh, he shot two of six, and the Mavs lost. So I thought they did a really good job of taking away those pull-up threes in the pick and roll, uh, and they still couldn't win. And, again, that's probably why it's so frustrating. Yep. It feels like the Mavericks yep. checked off a lot of boxes that they needed to check off to win this game, and they, and they still couldn't win. Well, I think, you know, the, if, if you're a positive fan and you want to come into this game and or come into game two and say, I still think the Mavericks can win without Luka, I get it. If you're a negative fan and you're unhappy, I get it. So <laughs> let's recoup for game two, which will be Monday night. Um, I'm going to record a green room at some point after this and post it. There'll be a ton of stuff on MavsMoneyBall.com because this is why we do this sort of thing is to get to the playoffs. There's a lot like just, you know, Josh and I talk about this game for 25 minutes and there's going to be a lot that I think we can take away should we desire. Um, do you got anything else before we go? No, I'm good. Let's get to it. All right, guys, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe, Mavs Moneyball After Dark, but daytime edition. Uh, we will talk to you on Monday night.